0: Welcome to Fitchicks Chat, the weekly podcast dedicated to educate and empower women to take control of their lives, where we talk about fitness, nutrition, mindset, and wellness. Today's episode is brought to you by Fitchicks Academy, where we help heart-centered women who love health and fitness get certified as fitness and nutrition coaches and build amazing businesses. If you're ready to create the life, health, and career you love, please join us for any of our upcoming certifications that you can read more about at FitChixAcademy.com. Now, let's dive into this week's episode of Fit Chicks Chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fit Chicks Chat. My name is Amanda Quinn, and on today's podcast, I have the amazing Jenny Holbert joining me. Hi, Jenny, how are you?
1: Hello, Amanda, and everyone. So good to be here.
0: So for anyone who isn't familiar, Jenny is actually the CEO of Wild Wellness and she's joining me today because what we're going to be talking about is something that I think it's a topic that we've never spoke about before on FitChix Chat as far as I know and something that is so important, but like a lot of people I think are not even aware of how important this conversation actually is. So I'm really excited to have you on. So thank you, Jenny, for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. So what we are gonna be talking about today is this whole idea around how, as women, Our cycle can really affect our health and how it can affect our workouts and how it can affect our goals and this is something that I'm gonna be honest with you Jenny like I personally have never really thought about it like I never really realized just how much of an impact it makes like I've noticed how much my cycle affects like my energy and things like that but I've never really thought about it from that perspective I've always just thought you just keep powering through so we're gonna cover a lot today which I'm really excited about. I think it's gonna be a huge eye-opener
1: yeah, totally. And I'm with you in terms of, you know, I didn't grow up with this knowledge. It wasn't
0: something that I've always known.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we all have to gather these things along the
0: way, right? For sure. Now, you know, I know that one of the things that you talk a lot about is burning out. So having workout, um, like burning out with your workouts. and. How does somebody, you know, in today's society, the one thing that we always focus on is the idea that, like, it's no pain or no pain or no gain mentality, push through it, get through it, it doesn't matter, like, you know, even if you're feeling exhausted, get it done, how do you kind of get across your message to your clients and even to yourself that, you know what, you're probably just burning yourself out in like, how can we kind of like scale that back or change our viewpoint or our mindset around it to be able to shift into a better state and get our, still get the same results we're looking for. There was a
1: time when I thought that if I wasn't sweating or uh, feeling sore after a workout, that it maybe just wasn't enough, you know, that, and I think a lot of us think that, that Mm -hmm. we look for these signs that our body, really was challenged or that we really pushed ourselves. And it does come, I think, from sort of that mainstream fitness culture messaging of go hard or go home or more is better or whatever it might be the words we see out there and there's nothing wrong with challenging yourself you know Mm -hmm. my understanding of working with our cyclical bodies is not that we always go slow or always tone it down or always go easier but because we have sort of these two extremes and we tend to lean towards one versus the other not just in fitness but in our lives in general I would say that we tend towards, at least in Western culture, maybe more of a hustle and, a, uh, you know, a, a burnout prone type A sort of mm-hmm. driven work ethic. And I certainly grew up with that and didn't really understand that our bodies are cyclical, especially as women and that nature really has a lot to show us in that way. So I think that's actually one of the first things that I point to is this example that we have in the natural world around us that nothing operates in a linear fashion as we yeah. sometimes think that our bodies or our workout should and it's all cyclical we have seasons of nature and that's sort of one of the comparisons that I'll make with different phases as we talk about those later but like I said it it isn't that we can't challenge ourselves um that it's not about consistently feeling like you're not doing enough either and I think it also goes along with our our menstrual cycle and just ideas that we have about our period and maybe what our history has been with that, whether we have messages of shame or disgust or like it's an inconvenience. I know for so long in the relationship between my period and workouts, it was sort of this question in my mind of like, what's wrong with me? Because right before my period, I would just feel this dip in energy. And sometimes it would last for a good week. And I would, without understanding what was going on, I would start to think like, am I out of shape? Am I doing something wrong? You know, what's going on with me? And because I had a history of adrenal fatigue, I actually wondered Just about every month like am i doing the wrong thing am i getting myself into that again because i would just feel tired and it wasn't until i understood my cyclical body and the phases that i was really able to shift that so i think this understanding is just key for everyone who thinks that they have to go at it all the time to be effective because the truth is doing more isn't the way to experience more or to get better results it's actually each of those phases is valued just the same equally
0: Agreed. I mean, there's so much on that (laughs) that I could say. Like, I I totally agree with you because I think it's, you know, first of all, when you're talking about like this whole idea, like in not just in our workouts, but even in our life, how we have like this idea of like, we got to go harder, we got to keep pushing forward no matter what. It's like, it's almost like we feel like we're rewarded for that. You know, and we are in society in some ways, especially in Western society where we are kind of rewarded for like, if you've worked a 12-hour day, it's like, oh, good for you as opposed to like, oh my gosh, that's crazy, you know? And it's the same thing even with our workouts and everything else. It's like, oh, you worked out for two hours today? That's amazing, you know? And people are, I don't know, it's like we support this like over-enthusiastic sort of approach that isn't necessarily conducive to like getting you to the result that you actually want. So it can almost be harmful in some ways for sure. And I know that through adrenal fatigue and everything else too, that it's, you know, if you go too hard, it can actually do the complete reverse of what you're actually looking for. Yeah, it totally can. Yeah. Now with women, you know, and we're talking about like how their cycles can affect their bodies. Like what, like, how does it affect you in terms of your workouts and you know, what, like, what are those phases that you were talking about? What does that actually look like?
1: Yeah, I'll go into those four phases. I think it might help to understand, too, just a, a rhythm that we're already quite familiar with. So mm-hmm. we all experience a circadian rhythm every day. It's our sleep and wake cycle. Mm-hmm. But women actually have something called an infradian rhythm, too, and that's our menstrual cycle. So an infradian rhythm can last longer than 24 hours. It can be weekly, monthly, or even annually. But we have an example of that in our menstrual cycle. And it's Mm -hmm. sort of like the second built in clock that regulates our metabolism, our different responses in our uh, stress response, our brain, our immune system. And it is important to know that that is a physiological underpinning of the whole cycle so that we can really look at it from that sense of knowing that there are hormonal shifts happening throughout mm-hmm. each of these four phases and therefore that's affecting us physically and emotionally. So women are biologically and hormonally different than men and I think <laughs> the sooner we embrace that, you know, and instead of resisting it, um, mm-hmm. the more really we can optimize our work. Instead workout. of trying and to
0: prove it wrong or different. <laughs>
1: exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, or trying to trying to match it, you know, because a lot of the messaging kind of, as we already talked about, is probably geared towards that more linear and masculine approach. So if you want to talk about the four phases, I think this will really help for listeners to understand, um, you know, what that's going to look like and how Mm -hmm. your body shifts. So the first phase, we'll just start with the menstrual phase. So this is the period when you would be bleeding. Uh, It also is referred to by some in terms of the seasons as inner winter. And I actually call it the base phase in the workout without burnout blueprint. So that's about days 27, 28 to maybe day five. And you have this time of really a, a more need uh, increased need for rest and you have a more increased desire for rest Mm -hmm. and so it's okay to go with that you know some women do find that they feel it helps their cramps or any discomforts they're having to move in some way so if that's you you know that's totally good sometimes it does help to move I'm not saying lie down and do nothing but for me personally, most of the time, that's what I want to do. <laughs> I don't know if, you know, maybe just my patterns throughout the, rest of the cycle and other parts, that that's what feels good. But really, I think this phase is all about doing what feels good. All of the phases are about that, but this one in particular, because if you don't rest now, this really is the time when your body needs to shift inward and focus on something else and you know, releasing from the, the whole buildup of the uterine lining. And it really is something where you can benefit from that rest and then carry it into the rest of the cycle. And I also think of movements that are very grounding. So that could be things that are done on the floor or just even in the lower part of the body. You know, a lot of us might have tension in our hips or our low back anyway. So think of yoga pose as like pigeon pose or... Uh, child's pose where you're stretching the lower part of the body just to keep things moving but something that's really gentle and I also like to move near water if I can so usually it's an easy walk and sometimes just sitting along the way but water to me is real metaphoric of this phase and it kind of has that flow sense to it so i really personally like that and and i think each of us need to find you know what particularly feels good in this phase for sure you will start to feel more energized as you get towards that maybe day four day five you Mm -hmm. might even start to feel real energized in day three i hear a lot of women say that they actually like to race during the menstrual phase like maybe towards The end of it so if they're a runner they might like to go out and do that because your hormones are on the rise and as you dip into that next phase which is the follicular that's about day 6 to 11 a lot of Mm -hmm. times but depends on the woman you know it's not always the same and that could be referred to as inner spring or I call it the build phase because these hormones are building you have higher estrogen for example so that can actually help you be more resistant to uh, pain and also cortisol. So because your pain threshold is higher, it really matches a capacity for you to do harder things, do more challenging things. And yeah, it really is matched to even short intervals, short sprints, because you'll utilize carbohydrates more easily or more efficiently in this
0: phase too. So So, you can- So note to self, carb load from six to 11. (laughs) That's
1: that's the place to do it, right? Yeah. Your insulin sensitivity is higher, so you can handle it. And that's really what your body's calling for because if you do those kind of movements, that's what you're going to use first is carbohydrate if you do those quick sprint type things. So I also think of it just in a- uh, a more holistic sense to do things that are playful and maybe even new to you during this phase. Because if you think of spring and the season itself, it's like there's new things blooming, there's mm-hmm. new the newness emerging. And that really is the way that we often feel sometimes coming out of that menstrual phase. So it might be a good time to start a new class, to meet back up with people to work out with, you know, do something you've been wanting to do, but you haven't tried it yet. And just those short bursts and quick intervals are going to be ideal. It's not that you wouldn't do anything else or can't do anything else, but that's going to be a really good match.
0: Interesting. Or even like take a new route if you're running or things like that. Like anything that's just going to give it like a renewed sense, I guess.
1: Yes, I totally keep it playful and sometimes even mix things. So I'll do my weight training in the middle of a run, you know, so I'll be stopping along. I love trails and love running in that kind of uh, environment. So I'll stop along the way and I'll do sort of my strength training along that instead of doing them separately. Just feels more fun and playful to me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. So the third phase, then we'd be moving into ovulation. That's maybe days 12 to 19 for a lot of women in our summer and what I refer to as the peak phase. So peak hormone levels are going to correspond with peak energy levels. Mm -hmm. So this is a great time to take advantage of that. You're going to feel you're probably your most energized and vibrant both in workouts and in life. It's a good time to Get out there and do things, challenge yourself, but just a subtle difference maybe in the intensity. It's, it's still going to be sort of a higher intense time as far as what you can handle workout wise, but maybe more matched to a steady state cardio or a longer effort. So as opposed to the previous follicular phase where it was maybe short sprints, Mm -hmm. you would be doing something longer. When I say steady state, that's sort of like a a talk pace. So if you're running, you could still carry on a conversation if you're at the gym and on uh, the treadmill or on a bike next to someone or taking a class like you could still get more than just a couple words out before having to gasp for air. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're going to be kind of higher intensity at that point. So yeah, something steady state where you could carry on a conversation pretty easily. And that's going to feel better uh, and be more aligned with just everything going on hormonally during this phase.
0: Would you think that strength training would also fit into that? Like if it's kind of like a higher reps, lower heavy, like lower weight like yeah. resistance, maybe you probably wouldn't want to do as heavy, right? Can Good question. Yeah. Cause I know I just touched on sort of the cardio aspect of that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think weights, it can, it can depend on sort of what your goals are overall. It, it could be heavier and slower and at the same time. So yeah, I guess if you were going to just look at that one aspect and not take anything else into consideration, which mm-hmm. there's other factors for everybody, of course, but <laughs> that molecular phase might be where you do, um, sort of like more plyometric, um, more quick movements, even if they are weighted. And then, yeah, this phase with the um, ovulation would maybe be something heavier and slower. Mm -hmm. Maybe it would be lower reps with heavier weight. Or if that's just not what your training looks like, then it doesn't have to be low reps. You could be doing, you know, 15 to 20 reps of something and just um, be sort of at that level, but not necessarily as fast and interval-like as the previous phase. Right, perfect. Yeah. So then the last phase uh, that we're back to is the luteal phase and this is often known as inner autumn. It stays 28 to 26 and I refer to it as the recovery phase because we're dipping sort of back down into that time when we need to recover and a lot of women experience these hormonal ups and downs during the luteal phase and that can make us feel more sluggish. I'm there right now and it is probably still the most challenging phase for me because I do experience those ups and downs and I uh, parts of me seem quite sensitive to those shifts and I can notice them, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. with a bit of a headache or sometimes with fatigue and I just really have to pay attention to what my body needs and be willing to call it all off, whatever my plans were, if I'm just not feeling like I expected to. You know, yesterday I had plans to, I wanna go mountain biking, the weather's good, and I have a chance to do it, and I just woke up, and I had a little bit of a headache, I was super tired, and I think it's the shifts going on hormonally, and it just wasn't the day for it. So I just backed off and went for a really easy walk instead. So as hard as it is to sometimes do that, because it's like your mind wants to go, but your body says no, And that's the time, this is the time most when you have to really pay attention and listen. Because I found in the past, when I don't listen during this phase Mm -hmm. in particular, I'm more likely to have an uncomfortable experience during the menstrual phase, during my period. It's more likely to have, you know, increased pain or increased fatigue. And this is really the time that you have to watch. So focus on things that are. Definitely listening to those changes that might be happening, but I also tell women to Think about maybe some things that you have neglected during the previous days of the month a lot of times we might have like this nagging issue that we've just been ignoring or not stretching in the right way and you know so it's a good time to focus on that alignment or working Mm -hmm. on anything that might need recovery so could be Pilates could be yoga if that's not even something that you normally do throughout the rest of the cycle then do a little bit more of it here just don't overdo to make yourself too sore because you're not going to be able to recover as quickly as you would otherwise and i always talk about breathing too because i think this is so important all the time But to me, that is like, uh, it's a movement in itself. You know, we don't often think of it as exercise, but to do it before or after, or just to do that, like, that's a super important part to focus on now to reduce your cortisol levels, to really balance out that parasympathetic, so that you go into that really rested state that you need to be in. And that's what this phase is for. So. Let's embrace it instead of resist it. That's my pep talk to myself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, and I love that because I think you know you've you've completely like nailed it in the sense that like we all come at it from a perspective of like you know there's been times where I know I'm like I am so tired like I am bone tired like I just want to stay in bed that's how tired I am and yet I'll get up and go run 10k and I force myself through every single kilometer and I am miserable the whole time and I'm I get home and I'm tired I you know. And I try to focus now on, I actually have like different styles of workouts that I incorporate. So on days when I feel tired, I actually do like more bar inspired workouts. Not for anyone listening, not that I think they're easy. They're very humbling to me, but they're like not the same intensity. They're slower movement and they're like more controlled environment sort of vibe. So it makes sense to me, but I have never thought about it from my cycle perspective. I just use it as like a tool to still do some kind of movement because movement is so therapeutic for me, but then not like, to still be able to have that in my life every day, but not to, like, push myself in those days. But, like, so what did you do, or how did your personal sort of plan shift, like, because I know you said, like, you were dealing with adrenal fatigue. When you realized this connection, how did, what did that look like for you, and how did that shift your health overall, especially with your adrenal fatigue?
1: yeah it's such a dance i was thinking sort of along those lines as you were describing how you sometimes feel tired and then you go push yourself to run the 10k anyway and yeah. it is a dance between knowing when that might be a time to push yourself challenge yourself i even don't want to say it that way because it it comes off as is that mentality that we're trying to disconnect and sort of heal from in a way mm-hmm. um but knowing your cycle. And I think one of the keys is tracking it so that you do know how to plan with it and be Mm -hmm. in sync with it. If you know what day you're on, if you know what phase you're in, if you track, start tracking your symptoms, then you'll start to see patterns and you'll be able to notice. So if you do feel that way and it's your luteal phase, You know, that inner autumn right before your period where you know you're prone to be tired, then yeah, maybe go out. Maybe say, and I do this with myself a lot, you know, I'll go out for the first five, 10 minutes and sort of test it out and see how I feel, and Mm -hmm. maybe cut it short if I need to, or maybe do something a little bit different. So just leave yourself that flexibility. But going back to your question about burnout, too when I faced the issues that I had with adrenal fatigue. So I was I was working as a personal trainer at the time and, mm-hmm. you know, you would have thought after my degrees in exercise science and sports psychology background with grad school that I knew what to do with myself in that way, but I had never been taught this cyclical approach. It was all right. It was always just, you know, sort of the just standard the formula. Yeah. Like
0: just standard the formulas. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And if you look at the formula, it's, it's quite linear. It's mm-hmm. do a little bit more. And even like for a running plan example, you might increase over three or four weeks and then maybe have uh, more of a rest period, but then go into the next phase where you increase from there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't consider, your cycle at all, you know, no. going to be different in that way. So, yeah, yeah. it is going to change for you over time, but it, it should really change just about every week. And for some women, that's five days in one phase and 10 days in another. So, it's not even weekly. You really have to tune into that and listen. But when I realized that I was so tired, and mm-hmm. as a personal trainer, like not able to keep up with my own workouts, let alone work with clients. And I was snagging naps in the afternoon when I could and not sleeping well and my hormones seemed really off because I was experiencing things with my period I hadn't before and I looked into what was going on realized I had really depleted myself nutritionally in some ways and I had um, really just been training in a way that depleted my cortisol and Mm -hmm. couldn't, maintain that energy so I realized I had to stop what I was doing and really let myself recover and it was many months of really just doing what felt good before I started to get back into you know and it was a difficult dance it's hard to put a number on it because I remember you know my mind wanted to get back to it. And parts of me wanted to go back to it, but then I recognized how that depleted me. So kind of like you said, you do something and then you're completely knocked out for the rest of the day, or, you know, it takes you a couple of days to really recover from it. Like that's always been my clue since then that yeah. I did a little bit too much, you know? And so, yeah, I don't know if that helps answer what you were talking about with burnout, <laughs> but it, it is a dance, I think, in knowing where you're at in your cycle and maybe what you are trying to recover from because it can take a long time to come back from that. And even when I first realized that I was in that state and needed to stop what I was doing and really find a different way, mm-hmm. I didn't find this cyclical way <laughs> for mm-hmm. a couple years. You know, it it was quite a while before I started to put this all together and understand it and put it
0: into a blueprint for myself that I now share with others. So I was going to say like, cause this is not something that is, is talked about in this industry. Like, I mean, I've been in this industry for over 12 years and like, it's not, this is not a common conversation, but it's such an important conversation, especially for women to be able to recognize that, you know, when you're feeling tired and you don't want to, it's not because you're being lazy. It's not because of it. Like it's, You know, if it's your mind telling you something that's different, but if it's your body really giving you these messages, like you need to really honor that. But we get, we have such a hard time doing that. But I think, why do you think that it is that this is not necessarily like a common knowledge or a conversation that happens is just because it's like a bit of a taboo conversation? Or is it just because not a lot of people know about it yet?
1: I think it can be a little bit of both. Uh, Mm Um, When we even look at like exercise research or uh, physiology studies and just the training that I had in my exercise science background, I feel a lot of it was focused on studying men and studying their bodies because, it, and this was explained to me in a way that because women's bodies are cyclical, they're hard to study because they don't have the consistency that men's bodies do. And you want that controlled environment, or that controlled body within a study, you know, so that's interesting to me, because we can never really understand it better if we don't look at it. And that's not to say there's no research on this, because there totally is. Mm -hmm. And how, you know, women's bodies respond differently in the heat, for example, even with our hormones, I was just looking back into that research, because I'm going to be sharing some content on that soon with the summer. And humidity and hormones and all that. But, yeah, I think part of it does come from our training that we've had and how it's been passed down. It has a very masculine and linear focus. Mm -hmm. And kind of as I said before, if we look at our workouts of this linear progression and I'm sort of motioning like uphill here versus this cycle or even like you know more in a circular way, then we don't get a personalized approach with it at all. It's just – cookie cutter. And that's not what we are. So and it's not
0: going to work for anybody. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, we really talk not. about that all the time on our podcast, that it's like if you have a training that's just giving you a workout plan that they gave to 20 other people, then you probably need to try to find someone else. If you really have strong goals that you're trying to reach, because if you're just doing the same thing, what works for me is not going to work for you. And you have to understand that. So. And I feel like it's important
1: to add too that. Any workout plan can be adapted to a cyclical method a cyclical way of doing it you know so if Mm -hmm. you are given a workout plan it might take some information uh, you know additional information to know how to do that but you can really adapt that to your own cycle if you understand this which obviously we've shared a little bit of that and there's more out there for you if you need it but no matter what you're handed, no matter what you're looking at, whether it's running, whether it's a strength training program, whether it's something with body transformation, you know, you can you can shift it to work for you in a personalized way, even if the person who gave it to you didn't design it in
0: that way, you know. Didn't know it, how to, or didn't know how to do it, yeah. Yeah, it is gonna take some changes, but. Now, it, I mean, I do have a question too about people that are like perimenopausal or menopausal. How does, does this shift, at all for them or do you still follow the same sort of seasons for lack of a you know for lack of a better explanation is it is it still following the similar seasons or does it all of a sudden become like a whole different ball game for them because now hormones are really shifting and kind of there's a lot more changes going on.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. What I've learned from women who are perimenopause, menopause, that they still experience these shifts in their body throughout the month. Mm-hmm. And if they're tracking, they can notice where they're at and adjust their movement accordingly and how they how they move their bodies. And the same with someone who has no period, whether mm-hmm. it's because of birth control or for whatever other reason, they just don't have that key... Um, that key factor of a bleed, you know, to know, okay, I'm menstruating or I don't have ovulation, then they can still notice these shifts. I've, I've heard women say that they still notice those energy ups and downs. So I think that's all the more important for someone to track it in those cases, because then you'll be picking up on maybe other clues and things along the way that other people won't notice. And the other thing that you can follow too is the cycle of the moon, itself. This is right. actually how women in ancient times did follow and their work cycles. with their cycles. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first learned about this, I, I thought that women, it was ideal or optimal if you um, bleed on the new moon and ovulate on the full moon. But I've since learned that it can sometimes go the other way around. And sometimes you can be Even off from that, it could be waxing and waning, and it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong or that yours isn't right or that you need to try to get it in sync with the moon or match it up. It's just a different energy, different set of things that it brings to you in that. So I think it's been interesting even to track that alongside my own cycle, just to see Uh, How things line up, you know, this is my experience when it's on the new moon This is my experience when it's closer to full moon or in between and but that is (laughs) a kind of an outside anchor for any Woman no matter, you know, what they're experiencing or how they identify
0: Interesting now. I know that we were talking about linear versus um, cyclical plans would you just elaborate like very clearly on what the difference is between the two of them? And then if there are anything in particular that um, in terms of exercises that women may be doing during their cyclical phases that you would say, you know what, maybe just, I know that you talked a little bit about those when you're talking about the phases, like, you know, in terms of like energetically, but is there any different, any particular exercises that you would say help in certain phases?
1: Yeah, as far as the linear progression of a plan, I would look at a plan that you're creating or one that you're given if it does have that incremental increase in, say, weights or reps or Mm -hmm. mileage and just take note that you're going to need to shift that in some way at different times in your cycle throughout the month. So if it's got sort of the same plan, maybe for the first three or four weeks, then you know that that's a linear-based sort of thing and that's not going to work with your cyclical body and you're probably going to end up feeling really uh, awful about yourself or questioning like what's wrong with me because you're going to be trying to do something in your menstrual phase or luteal phase that felt totally different in the other phases when you were Mm -hmm. ovulating or sometimes some other time so a cyclical model would be where you're really doing sort of what we talked about and you can take even one example of that um, in a cardio or running example you know you would be on the just starting with the menstrual phase that that base phase again that's a Mm -hmm. time for you to make sure you're resting enough but towards the end you are going to start to feel that rise again so if you think about when you're building like a base mileage and you're getting back to running or you're just starting out you're not doing your longest stuff you're not doing your hardest stuff yet you're just sort of at that getting your body used to That movement and Mm -hmm. letting your joints and your tendons and everything adapt to that and very quickly then you move into that next phase of uh, the follicular phase where maybe you are starting to incorporate some intervals some sprints some workouts and then you're at your peak where you're getting your long runs in and then you have that dip back down where you need to recover a little bit so it's not that you're not going to be doing any sprints in the phase where you're doing long runs or any long runs in the follicular phase. So it's not necessarily that black and white, but maybe your longest ones are going to be that in those days that you're more in that uh, ovulatory or inner summer phase. And, and and then again, dipping back down. And, you know, if things don't line up with this for you, as far as as far as um, other goals that you have, or even races that are going on. then you know, that's an individual choice, obviously, of of how you navigate that. It doesn't always work out perfectly. But um, don't beat yourself up for that either. You know, if there's one month where you decide that it's going to be a little different, and you're going to maybe have some more Challenging experiences during that phase. Well, then just take note, you know, take note of how you how that makes you feel and mm-hmm. Maybe you'll know how to do something different next time So then going back to a little bit more of a weight example if it's linear versus more of this cyclical then you are gonna Let's say you have different different types of training, like we were kind of talking about before. Maybe you have higher reps and lower weight versus heavier weight and lower reps. You're going to shift that throughout the different cycle. And that way you are training strength versus power and getting a little bit of both to keep your body adapting. But if you are focused on just one particular goal, then just know that whatever it is that you're increasing towards, that that is going to have to take a dip or and then also arise it will take that throughout the cycle if you truly do want to follow what your body is calling for in that Very cool. and to answer your question about the exercises to avoid or to focus on during the menstrual phase I would say honestly just don't do anything that doesn't feel good <laughs> don't go too <laughs> don't go too hard if um if moving your body in certain ways does help your cramps, like I said, then go for it. But if Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel good, then don't feel pressure to do that. We see so many articles out there, at least I do about, you know, working out on your period and really most of them are sort of a push for like, it'll help you. It'll help your symptoms and it'll help you feel better. So we can get this idea in our head that like, Oh, I should be working out because apparently this makes me feel better, but I don't feel like moving. So therefore I'm lazy and can't challenge myself mentally to do it. Just, just, cut all that out. I I mean, I'm flat out a lot of times, you know, and not in a terrible way. I, I have had some challenging times and I'm, I'm working with my own cycle um, where I get really, really tired, you know, or I have a lot of pain. But most months, it is just a time when I know I need to take it easy that first day. If anything, I go for a gentle walk. And I mean, I'm a runner and I love mountain biking and love doing so many other things, but I'm, complete opposite of what I maybe <laughs> am in those other phases during right. this day. So that's just me. And so, you know, permission to anyone to just take a rest. And the only other thing I think of with maybe different movements is that inversions aren't the best when you bring your body upside down, like in a yoga pose, maybe would be an example of that. It's not ideal when you're menstruating. Mm-hmm. I can't think of much else other than what I did say about water before, too. Just a reminder that that could feel really good, because that element does align with our menstrual cycle. So even if that's swimming for you, right? Um, maybe not getting too cold though would also be something I would say. Uh, circulation is important, and not getting our bodies too cold during that time. So, if, you know, if it's not a, an experience where you're diving into cold water and staying there for a long time. You know, <laughs> like the polar
0: people, bear club is not good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of people train with that and maybe they do notice that it does help them. But I think, um, you know, it's, it's all individual. It's in, it's in who you are. I have a tendency to get cold. So I know that that doesn't seem the best to me during that phase. But if you are working with like cold water therapy or something, then, yeah. you know, see how that works for you during the menstrual phase. But that's a little different than a, a swim in a, in a pool that's cold for an hour, (laughs) so. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Now, outside of exercise, I know that, you know, we talk about on our podcast and in our academy, we talk about like how it has to be a holistic approach. You can't just necessarily be one side of the coin because if you do just that one piece, you're still doing yourself. You know, you're still doing good things for your body, but you're not doing yourself justice to be able to get to your goals and also just overall health and wellness. Now, is there anything else in terms of healthy habits or anything outside of just um, movement that you really recommend to anyone that you're working with to be able to just help them achieve their goals, but also create balance, especially during their cycle? And, And what does that look like?
1: One of the first things that comes to me is rest and sleep and just making mm-hmm. sure that we're tending to that part of us. You know, we've kind of been talking about that, but getting uh, enough sleep for your body is so important, and just rest in general. You know, a lot of times we just don't even know what that looks like. We don't even know how to do it because we're so programmed to do the opposite, and that kind of like you said, like we're not doing enough, we're not a, we're not enough uh, if we are resting, and it's all about productivity. So right. making yourself – a really either a mental list or literally writing it down. What does rest feel like to you? And what can you do to add more of that into your life? I think we would all benefit from that. I like that. And yeah. The other thing I think of with our hormones and just our health in general, and because of just my affinity for nature and all that it's taught me and the different breakthroughs I've had in my life, uh, avoiding toxins in our beauty products, in our personal care, cleaning products, Mm -hmm. and going back to what nature has for us. This is why I incorporate essential oils into my personal life. And they're a big part of my work because they are such a great tool for helping us to remove toxins from our life and and using those instead, being able to create our own concoctions and blends and really create like a home apothecary. Um, I'm so drawn to nature as medicine because it really is like that is what it was intended for in so many ways, not Mm -hmm. just in the plants, but in just spending time in it too. So whatever you can do to sleep and rest more and to look at where you can reduce toxins in your life that's gonna help your health in so many ways and just being in nature I'll say that too because yeah you know spending time outdoors and breathing the air just in different places is one of the best things that I think we can all do for our health.
0: I think it's one of the biggest things that will just give you like a complete shift energetically. As soon as you just get some fresh air and just a fresh, it's like a fresh perspective and it just feels so much different. It's like, it's my favorite thing to do when I finish my work every day is just to go for a walk outside or a bike ride with my daughter. Cause so it's just like this fresh air. And we both, she always said she's only three, but she's always like, Fresh air. You know, she's so excited and like so good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's so great and we just go biking through some trails and hang out and like it just it does. It's a huge mindset and, and energetic shift. But I also agree with you on the essential oils. And if anyone's listening and they're curious about essential oils, I also did a past podcast interview with Dr. Maritza Snyder. So if you want to check it out, I don't remember the podcast number, but if you search it in our podcast, you can actually if find our listeners, you can check it out where she talks specifically about essential oils for hormone balancing. So you can definitely um, listen up and hear some of her cool concoctions that she came up with as well. Jenny, that was amazing. And I honestly, I'm just, you know, I'm really intrigued by this, because I'm thinking about like, as you're speaking about all the different cycles, I was like, okay, going through it in my own mind. I'm like, how do I feel here? How do I feel here? And I'm like, because I've been paying attention to my cycle for a long time, because we've also been trying to have another baby. So I've been very like, aware of like, hyperly aware of my cycle. So it's like, it's really interesting to me to start thinking back at like what my energetic state feels like in all of those phases and just how I can enhance what it is that I'm already doing so that I can continue to avoid burning out because physical burnout is a real thing. And it can totally just, it'll take you, it'll derail you from your goals. 100%. It
1: can exactly. And that's what we all, um, that's the opposite of what we want. You know, the wild in wild wellness is not just, uh, a meaning of nature or natural, it actually is an acronym too, for women into living their dreams. Because oh, I think I love that. that for us to do that, we have to take care of ourselves, we have to take care of our well being. And when we, when we take care of our bodies, we can take all the
0: adventures. Love that. Now, um, for any of our listeners who are interested in just learning more or getting that blueprint that you have, how would they be able to go about that?
1: Yeah, I would love to share that. And I actually have a great quiz at my website, JennyHolbert.com slash wild is where okay. you can get it. So Jenny with an I, H-U-L-B-U-R-T.com slash wild. And you'll see what might be holding you back in your workouts or maybe what your natural workout style is mm-hmm. so that you can avoid burnout. You can hopefully let go of that rested guilt that you have and you'll get your Your quiz will reveal one of these seasons, one of these phases that we talked about, and you'll get hints on how you can really work with that more closely and more alignment with it, more in sync, and also maybe what your challenges are because of your natural tendencies. So it'll reveal a lot for you. I think it'll be interesting. So go take the fun quiz. It'll only take a few minutes to do. And there's some other
0: resources for you there, too, depending on what you're interested in. Very cool. Thank you. I'm actually going to go check out the quiz now. <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing. And of course, for anyone listening, um, you can also go to fitchexacademy.com where we will have all of Jenny's links up there. So if you missed it on here, you can just check it out there. And we'll have the links to your site to the blueprint as well as all of her social channels. So If you want to reach out to her, follow her to learn more, you can definitely do that as well. Jenny, thank you so much for your time and for sharing all your knowledge. I really appreciate it. Thank you,
1: Amanda. Awesome questions. And thanks for the podcast and sharing all that you do too.
0: It's amazing. Thank you. And for all of our listeners, thank you so much. And we'll see you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. Thank you for joining us this week. And remember, if you are ready to create the life, health, and career you love, Join us for the upcoming fitness and nutrition expert or holistic nutrition weight loss expert certification programs. Download the brochures at FitChixAcademy.com.